Good evening, I'm Ted Koppel. Surely everyone knows by now that Buckwheat is dead. But for those of you who have not seen the videotape of Buckwheat being shot, let's take a look. Would you like me to read a scene from Breakfast at Tiffany's? I do that or a story. Well, um, the time of the, the setting, the time of this story is uh, during uh, 1943, during the war. And uh, the narrator of the story has just moved into a house, and above, living above him is a Japanese photographer, Mr. Yuniyoshi. And that's all you need to know at this point. As chairman of the welcoming committee, it is my privilege to extend a laurel and hearty handshake to our new... Ty Webb, Heavy Longmire, Gustav Mateblanc. Is GLK London transmitting on the short wave band on 10.4 meters at a frequency of 250 megacycles per second? This is GLK London transmitting on the short wave band on 10.4 meters at a frequency of 250 megacycles per second. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Come on then, Plato, enlighten me. Craziest barn parties ever. We had them out there at the lawman's house, and we decided that somebody had told us that her parents were gone, and they were having a little side party out there, because her and a bunch of her friends were over there at the barn party, Right. and so we decided we was going to drive over there, and we we drove through about two feet of snow to get over there, and we weren't there but about five minutes, and the lawman was like, man, I'm hungry. And she was like, all right, well, let's get you something to eat. And she starts pulling stuff out of the fridge. I'm like, man, don't feed him. She's enabling him. Yeah. Yeah. And sure enough, I mean, next thing you know, he's eating like leftover fajitas or something. <laughs> man, I love the law, man. Love that's a, the law, That's man. another one that I I would, he wouldn't talk, but he would sit there and. He'd and mutley, mutley laugh, laugh through the, the whole, whole time. But I, and wheeze. You guys, I don't know if we're recording. We are. I started it at. At the barn party talk. You guys just missed about an hour's worth of off-air stories about high school that I probably bored Gus to tears no, I, with. I, part, you know, part, some of them we compared some notes. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And then some that I just, I, I ate it up with a spoon because... <sighs> Me and the lawman, that's, we were best of friends. Yeah, you, I mean... Definitely friends with him, but y'all were much tighter, and you spent a lot more time. And you know, while y'all were out drinking, I was busy hanging out in the barn making Lakota <laughs> we dancewear. We probably should have been because well, we got into a hell of a lot of trouble. Y'all had a lot more fun. So this is Can You Hear Me? The podcast. Two people that love you dearly, being Uncle Rico tonight. While Heavy Longmire is busy again. You take care of you, I'll take care of me. Man, we're just swapping high school stories like a mofo. Whipping steaks at our nephews. Uh, I just talked about my first time. Which is a, a great story in itself, Ooh. but that's for off-air. Very off-air. I do want you, you know, I'm Gustav Monteblanc, you're Ty Webb. Yes. Real Gustav, Ty Webb 3000, Can You, you Hear know Me Pod. It. You know it. Can You Hear Me Pod at gmail.com. Okay. Anyway, I want you to tell the story, if you don't mind, about... Turn that kitchen light off. It's yeah, getting too I'm bright sorry. in here You've for my drunk guys. 
little little bit of uh, alcohol. I'm gonna start smoking in the house here in a minute. That's good. We're good. Uh, I need to cut this down. So you told me a story about a time that you and the lawman mood lighting. Yeah, it's very nice. Yeah, uh, you don't mind if I slip into something more comfortable, do you? Excuse me while I whip this out. <laughs> uh, oh, baby, you know I don't handle so much schnitzen group. Such, I don't think they could make that movie today. <laughs> no, but I'm glad they did. Oh man, that's one. You know, I've. We'd like exp- to offer you a Laurel and Hardy handshake. We've exposed the kids to a lot of heavy duty stuff, but I haven't got the balls yet to do blazing saddles with. You them. know, Pryor was a big rider on that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know that when we were young. No, man, the great, the great. I think they wanted him to. I think I think Mel wanted, wanted him to play the sheriff in the yeah. beginning too. Yeah, he, that's what I'd always heard. That it ended up working out just. But right. I think Cleavon Little was so superb. <laughs> when Gene Wilder's like going to shoot with his hand, right? <laughs> how, I mean, Gene Wilder was such a. Where the white women at? A, Mild mannered man. That's the episode title. Where, Where are the, the white, white women, women at? <laughs> oh man, is any of this going to make it on air? I don't know if that that episode title is going to stand, but I'm feeling. I got the mix right right now. Oh yeah, no, you're definitely mixed. I'm good. Okay, call uh, me, ladies. So you were telling me a story about you and the lawman. It's two a.m. You've been driving around drunk, but you don't think you can make it home, or you yeah. don't want to go home. Yeah, and I mean, this happened a lot, as you know, back right. in high school days. Me and the lawman would drive the drag, drive around town, drinking a couple cases of Keystone Light behind the seat of the truck, store a couple in the toolbox there. And yeah, it's, it's 2 a.m. or so. He's like, I can't go home, man. I can't go home. I'm like, all right. Let's let's go over to my grandparents' house. My grandparents at that time had a big house, and sometimes I would go over there and park in the driveway and do adult things that they wouldn't know about because it was a safe place. It was not a, with the law, man. No, with not girls you were dating. Yeah, maybe on occasion. Okay, it's all right. It, we it, don't judge. It was what we called back in the day of safe space, so we could drive up over there and you know do whatever we wanted, and. The lawman is like, you know, I can't go home, man. I'm too drunk. I can't go home. My parents are going to kill me. I'm like, all right, let's go over to my grandparents' house. We'll just stay over there. He's like, all right, all right. So we we pull up my grand, my grandparents' driveway. I hit the code for the garage door. It opens up. I'm He's freaking out. You know how paranoid he was about Super everything. Super paranoid. He's and, like, oh, and, oh, man, somebody's going to hear. Somebody's, I'm like, all right, man, shh, shh, shh. So we were talking uh, in our conversation I can't think of anybody that was so paranoid and worried about stuff that did so much stuff to be worried and paranoid about. No. Our other our other friend, or my friend, I don't know if he was your friend, but the only other person that was more paranoid in high school was my track friend buddy that lived over there by the golf course. Yep. Uh-huh. We called him Flash, super skinny, super yep. fast, and he was so scared of the cops all the time. I mean, he would put his... He he was the only kid I knew back in high school who had a um, radar detector in his car because he was so afraid of the cops. And he lived, you remember, he lived yep. not a half a mile from the high school. Yeah. Not, and he would put his radar detector on to drive from his house that tiny, to the high school. Tiny bit. I mean, it was literally, 
a half a mile. Yeah. He was the most paranoid. But the law but he didn't do a lot of crazy shit. Right. The lawman was Jekyll and Hyde. Two lives. When he got drunk, he would do anything. And when he was sober, he was scared of everything. And sometimes when he was even when he was drunk, he still had that residual paranoia. He was always afraid of doing anything, right. but he would end up doing some of the craziest shit ever. And so we went to my grandparents' house. My he's scared as hell that his parents are going to find out or the law is going to show up or whatever. We get to my grandparents' house. I told him, you know, oh, it's fine. They had a spare bedroom that I stayed in sometimes. I was like, we'll just go over there. We'll stay in, you know, we'll just go to sleep. We'll get up before my grandparents get up. We'll get out of here. It'll be no problem. He's like, all right, all right, all right. We get to the house. We get we get in the garage. We close the garage door. We're both scared shitless because the garage door sounds like it's way too loud. It's going to wake everybody up. But it doesn't. Or if it did, my grandparents didn't notice. Now, it, do you think it didn't it, it didn't wake anybody up because you were talking to the... We were talking. We were we were way too loud talking to the garage door telling it to be quiet. <laughs> we were doing that whisper loud voice that you do when you're drunk that I still do. So we get in. We make our way over to the spare bedroom. I'm like, all right, man, let's just sleep it off. We'll get up in the morning. We'll get out of here. It'll be fine. As the lawman was prone to do. <laughs> we've just got into the room, and he's like, I'm fucking hungry, man. Which... You know the law, man. That was always his issue. He and, always and, got hung- he got drunk, then he got hungry. And he's not a big guy. I mean, he's he's solid, but, but he's the man not, could eat. Yeah, but he could. Yeah, he could eat a horse. And when he got hungry, that took precedent over everything. And that was the case here. So we finally got in. We got the door shut in the bedroom. Now we're safe, right? We can just go to sleep. Everything will be fine. We'll get up early. We'll leave. Nobody will know. And your grandparents, their bedroom's on the other side of the house. Far side of the house, and this was a big house. Right. Big house. They were rolling back Maybe even a mansion. For our county, it was definitely a mansion. By 903 standards. Definitely a 903 mansion. So we get in there. I'm like, all right, man, let's just, you know, let's go to bed. We'll get up early. We'll leave. Nobody will know. He's like, all right, all right. He sits on the bed, and he's like, man, fucking hungry. Like, we can't go get in, you know, let's just go to bed. He's like, man, I'm, I got to get something to eat. I know him. I know he ain't going to stop till we get some food. Right. So I'm like, all right. You know, in the kitchen, big open kitchen, it was right outside the bedroom door. So I was like, and I know where the pantry is. I'm like, let's just go in. We'll get something out of the pantry. We'll get some food. We'll bring it back in here. We'll be fine. Because you're like, just trying to shut him up. Basically. I'm just trying to shut him up and let's get to sleep. And I know from having known him since I was knee high to a grasshopper. He ain't gonna shut up till he gets some right. So we I'm like, all right, all right, let's go in there. I should have never taken him with me. That was that was mistake number one. Yeah, there's there's multiple warning you know, flashing warning signs. Oh, I mean we're, we're we've flown through multiple barricades. I mean we've driven through multiple right taped off barricades. We're just you know, we just keep going. Crashed through those yellow I mean those white and orange Yeah, uh, there's uh, no doubt. You, this is another story, but you should have seen how paranoid he was that time we stole all those street signs. Well, that's not natural. I remember the time that me and the general and the general's friend and the Polynesian, we loaded up a bunch of signs from the new highway. And, yeah, you talk about we were pretty sure we were going to go to jail. That one time that we stole all those signs, it made the paper. Yep. And we were in Schmoo's truck, and me and – the lawman and a couple other guys were sitting in the back of the truck. You can imagine how scared he was in. But he still wanted to do it because yep. he was drunk. 
So I was like, all right, all right, let's go get some food. So we slip into the kitchen all quiet like. We I find the pantry, open the, the pantry door, and lo and behold, there's a bag of Lay's potato chips. Now, as you well know, Lay's the bag of Lay's potato chips, especially circa about 1989, were about the loudest thing on the planet. It's basically made out of... Mylar at best. Mylar that's... It's the loudest known substance. I also saw a couple boxes of crackers. I tried to sell him on the crackers. He wouldn't have none of it. He wanted those fucking Lay's potato chips. Like the Dave Chappelle bit about the kid. Uh, say, ooh, I want the want the purple drink. Yeah, he wanted the good stuff. Yeah, He was fixated on those Lay's potato chips. <clears throat> so I was like, all right, all right, all right. So I grabbed the potato chips. And they were, you know, they were rolled over about three, four times with Got the chip, chip clip. clip. On. Yeah. So he, <laughs> I hand him the chips and he starts unraveling them. And it's just like, <laughs> I mean, it was, I was like, you're waking up the whole fucking county. Now, did y'all turn on the lights? No, no lights are on. Okay. But all I can think about is this is at, at the first rollover, which was Hiroshima like loud. Right. I know that my grandparents are going to wake up. Now, is your was your grandfather, because I didn't, I mean, I knew of him, but I didn't know him. Was he the type that was going to shoot you? No, he was, he was, he was a, a real cowboy, right. a true cowboy. Yep. But he was very laid back, especially when it came to me. Like he, you know. I just meant a general intruder. Yeah. I mean, he had plenty of guns and there was no doubt that he, he could have come out of there with a full arsenal if he'd have woken up. But he was a pretty laid back guy, long fuse. Mm-hmm. But still, but my grandmother was another situation, and I knew that if I if if somebody came out of that bedroom, we were going to be in deep shit. Right. I mean, we were going to have to explain why we were drunk at two a.m. in their house and that kind of thing. Yep. So he starts unraveling the lace potato chips, and it's just it's so fucking loud. I mean, I can't even explain how loud it is. And he's just like <laughs> the first roll, and I'm like, shh. And he's like, it's okay, it's okay. You know how he is. He'd get that. Right. He'd get that whisper loud. And, but he's talking. not. But yeah, he's not quiet. He's, all he was focused on was eating those chips. <laughs> he finally, you know, like with every roll of that bag to get them open, I was just like, "Gosh, damn it! Will you shut up?" He's just, <laughs> he's like, "It's all right. It's all right. It's all right." Like I told you before, I don't know why we didn't just take the chips back to the bedroom and shut the door. But we're standing there outside the pantry, and he's just slowly unrolling these chips, and it is loud as hell. And we're la- we're muttly laughing. We can't, you know, we've got the giggles at this point. There's no stopping it. He finally unrolls the chips. (laughs) (laughs) He he reaches his big-ass mitt inside of there and just pulls out a whole handful of chips. And it's just like... (laughs) (laughs) You can imagine how loud it is. And I'm like, shut up. I know the the lights weren't on now, but how red do you think his face was? It was so incredibly red. Especially drunk. I mean, nobody could be so paranoid and so bold at the same time as the lawman. He he sticks a whole (laughs) fucking handful of these chips in his mouth, and he just starts... (laughs) I'm just like, shh. He's like, what? He just kept saying, what? (laughs) I'm like, do you realize how loud this is? He eats a half a bag of chips <laughs> right there in the kitchen. Yeah, y'all haven't taken this back to your no, hideout. No, he, 
He eats a half a bag of chips. We finally make it back into the bedroom. I can't believe my grandparents didn't wake up. They probably did and just didn't do anything about it. Make it back into the bedroom, pass out on the bed, somehow wake up before daylight, before my grandparents get up, get out, leave, and to this day, if I say anything about Lay's potato chips, he just red faces, muttleys up. He knows... And anybody listening that was alive in the 80s knows how loud the Lay's potato chip bag was. Oh, man. Yeah, y'all too, y'all got into all kinds of stuff. And it kind of ties into a uh, a tweet from... I told you the electric slide story. Yeah, well, that kind of ties into this tweet from Clay Landfill. It is asking... Do you like your gig? Last place you were kicked out of or at least asked to leave. So that ties into the electric slide story. So me and the lawman, this episode may be too heavy on me and the lawman story. I don't care. Fuck it. We were at this country bar that we frequented in high school where we would have to use a fake ID to get in. Which most of the people, at least that were of a uh, partying type, probably did at that same club. I mean, we went over there all the time in yeah. high school. And we, you know, I had a, a a buddy of mine who was older. I used his ID as a fake ID. We looked similar, but I guess it was good enough to let us in. They didn't care because no, they knew they we were going to buy beer. The lawman could, could use his brother's right. or somebody else's ID, typically his brother, to get in. We, we went over there all the time on the weekends. And we, we went over there on this occasion. There's lots of stories about us getting into trouble over there at this bar, as you can imagine. I think I've told the story of the time. Did I tell the story on, on air about the time that I got the... They would stamp your hand with this glow-in-the-dark stamp. Yeah. Yeah, I One time I was really drunk, and I'd rubbed the... Uh-huh. I, I'd, I'd had allergies or something, and I'd rubbed my lip, like I'd rubbed my nose, and I got it all over. I had like a glow-in-the-dark goatee. Right. And everybody was making fun of me in the bar because my face was lighting up. And so I decided I'm going to end this. So I went into the restroom and I just scrubbed. And the next morning I woke up and like I rubbed it raw. I rubbed my whole face raw. (laughs) We had lots of stories like that at this bar. But on this occasion, they had pool tables in this bar. It was your typical urban cowboy bar. And, And we're about 1990, 1991. This story would have been... About 91, because we were about 17. Okay, so yeah, 91, 92. We're juniors in high school. Okay. We got no business being at this bar. But we go over there. We went first. You may have to bleep that. Yep. We got a couple, we got, oh, this occasion we got a case of Keystone Light, the good stuff. Between the time we had picked up the case and made it to this bar, which you know is about 30 minutes tops, yep. no more beer left. So y'all are, y'all are working hard to uh, cut down on what you got to buy at the bar. We had two friends with us. One was a male, one was a female, and the female was driving because she wasn't drinking yet. And we had managed... Who was that? It was his girlfriend at the time. Okay. And we had managed to drink a whole case of beer before we got there. So by the time we got there, we're feeling pretty cocksure. Right. 
And once we get, we use our fake IDs, we get in. We're scared to death of the bouncer because he's about seven feet tall. There's another story on him, but we'll save that for later. We get in. We're drinking while we're there. We're playing pool. We're talking shit. We're stupid high school guys. And, and this is a big country bar with lots and lots of grown-ass people. Lots and lots of grown-ass cowboy men that could have whipped the shit out right, of us. Right, and their ladies. That's right. But we're 17 and cocky as hell and drunk. And we're shooting pool, and all of a sudden, the electric slide comes on. There's a live band, and there's a big-ass dance floor. And the electric slide comes on. And back in the day, the only people that would go out there for line dancing or especially the electric slide, were women, which, as it should be. No man should be out there doing any line dancing. I'm sorry, fellas, if you're doing that now, but you should stop. So we're over there shooting pool, and the electric slide comes on, and we see all these ladies flood out onto the dance floor. And so I, being the idiot that I am, suggest to the lawman, hell, we should go out there and dance with them ladies. And the lawman was lit. I mean, he was he was fully feeling it at this point. And he was like, hell yeah. Can't you see him saying that? Oh, yeah. No, he's totally, totally in the moment. And he that is exactly what he said. I was like, man, let's go out there and get with them ladies. And he, <laughs> he looked at me. He was shooting pool. And he looked up and he said, hell yeah. <laughs> so I was like, which was a common theme in our relationship. I would suggest we do something stupid, and he would be all for it when he was drunk. Yeah, when he's drunk, because otherwise he is not out there doing no. anything. Before he got drunk, he was like, no, 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 no. You know how he talk real fast. Yeah, when he, yeah. no, 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 we get drunk, we get drunk, we get drunk. I was like, let's go out there with them ladies, man. He's like, hell yeah. So we saunter out onto the dance floor. And it's just us and about 50 women out there. And I'm talking women. Yeah, grown women. Grown-ass women. Not teenagers. With grown-ass husbands that were on to the side. Most of which could have just whipped our ass with no problem whatsoever. And back in a time where nobody would have batted an eye no. if they had whipped your ass. They could have whipped our ass right on the dance floor and nobody would have said shit. And we would have thought we could have taken them. Oh, we were, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were that cocksure and stupid. Well, the ladies are doing their electric slide, and we're just sauntering up. Anytime they make a little move where they turn their back, we're just sauntering up behind them and giving them the business. And so, like, I'm, I'm like two rows behind him, and I look over, and he's just got his cowboy hat cocked up, and he's just giving them the business and smiling, right? And I think we're just the hottest shit ever. And eventually, I work my way onto the stage where the band is playing, and I get up behind the bass player, and I'm like trying, trying to play the bass. And the lawman is just looking at me like, hell yeah, let's keep this shit going. The whole electric slide, we make a cowboy spectacle out of ourselves. It's a miracle that no grown-ass cowboy came out there and just kicked the shit out of us. Song's over. We make our way back over to the pool tables. Our pool tables. Our whole group of friends, which is about a dozen at this time, is just like you know. They're like, "What in yeah, the hell yeah. are y'all doing?" Talking about drawing attention when you're there on a fake. <laughs> Me ID. and the lawman are just giving each other high fives. I'm like, <laughs> hell, you know, we're, the, we're the coolest people on the planet. 
<laughs> it is a miracle that we, because there were occasions where we got kicked out of the bar to get back to the question. One of which ended in one of my buddies getting in a fight with one of the bouncers, but we'll save that for another time. It's I don't know why. I guess they just had pure pity on us, and that's right. the reason that the Cowboys didn't kick our ass and the bouncer didn't kick us at kick us out. But when we got back to those pool tables and we're high fiving each other, we thought we were the hottest shit on the planet, and I'm sure we looked ridiculous. Oh yeah, yeah. Seventeen. I mean. We were out there with 35-year-old women right. and, and bellying them up. And y'all were baby-faced. Oh, I mean, no yeah, doubt. There was not, you know. we. I mean, we were fully starched wranglers, oh, cowboy yeah. hats on tight. We thought we were the shit, man. We looked so ridiculous. I can't believe somebody didn't kick our ass. The only... The only reason that they didn't had to be pure pity. Yeah, they they were just laughing. And the women, like <laughs> when the women did notice us, because all of all of them didn't, of course. Right. But whenever we would saunter up behind some woman and start giving her the business, they would just turn around and you know giggle. Right. And we thought, hell yeah! Not it was like a puppy. <laughs> yes. We thought we were man. We're really making some headway. <laughs> Oh, those women must have thought we were so incredibly young and stupid, which we were. Yeah. But we had a hell of a time. Man, I I did not lead quite as fun a life as you did back then. It's amazing we didn't die. I've only I've I've never actually myself been kicked out or asked to leave anywhere. I have been with my friends and associates, however, one of whom is not with us. It's the empty chair tonight. Hello. Hello, folks. How's it going? The empty chair technique? Yes. Uh, we bought heavy a beer. Or we'll I call guess, him Schmevy Schmongmeyer. Uh, the Polynesian bought Schmevy Schmongmeyer uh, a beer before he was 21 at Billy Bob's one night, and we got Oh, we got several out. good Billy Bob stories. Uh, like the time he wanted to beat everybody's ass by the pool the Polynesian, tables. yeah. Polynesian thought, I mean, the Polynesian would have tried and probably could have taken down a few with him, you know, his wiry ass, but he was sneaky strong. He was super sneaky strong, but he was also, nobody was more cocksure than him when he there got you drunk. Go. Yeah, there you go. He would have taken on the whole fucking bar. It might not have ended well, but he would have tried. But, and then I got, I was with someone that got asked to leave from a famous piano bar in Addison one night because they got too drunk. Pete's? Yep. I've got a good Pete story that's yeah. way off air. Apparently, if you're nodding off drunk at Pete's, they don't want you there. <laughs> right. And so my uh, companion, her head hit the table. <laughs> the big old, <laughs> like, scuff hematoma. And I had to take her out. I'm like, okay, all right, all right. And of course, since I was the designated driver for life, then uh, we got to wait till the rest of the crew that I'd driven down there uh, got done for the evening. I'm so anyway. Dis- I'm distracted by a tweet question that we got from Big Enos about a booger. Yeah, so let's address that right now. I think we've addressed Jay's, but... I don't think I can read this full thing because I'm too hammered. All right, I will read me. it. I will take care of it. Oh, hell, we got lots of questions. Yeah, we're 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 snowballing. 
but not like in that way that they talk about on Clerks. I'm glad that we're not talking about all the stories I just told off air. Yeah, well. That might get me in trouble. Yeah, we can't do all that. Okay, so. Hello, ladies. Big Enos says, have y'all ever picked a booger and have it turn into that never-ending strand of snot that feels like that it's coming from up in your brain somewhere? If so, what'd you do with it? Since it always seems to happen in a vehicle. I can tell you, and this is a little bit off topic, but I don't know if I've ever told you the story about the time that I almost died from a car accident when I was in my truck, and this was back early 2000s, and it was a brand new truck too, which would have made it even worse, but I spit, I was dipping, and I I missed, I had a Coke can that I was spitting Uh in, and I missed the, you got, you dippers know what I'm talking about. You've been there. You spit and you think you're spitting in the hole, but you but miss you're it. missing it, yeah. You never want to miss the hole. And I missed the hole and it bounced back up in my eye. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I was driving about 70 <laughs> miles an hour down the highway. Oh. And it, I mean, I just started swerving all over the place. And I, <laughs> This was in Dallas too. And I, I don't remember what I was coming from. Some kind of get together. But I was by myself and I spit and it missed and it bounced up in my eye. And I had to jerk the wheel over into the shoulder. And I I damn near had a multi-car pileup oh, over shit. snuff. Oh. I, damn, I damn near died over snuff, Gus. Well, I, I'm sure Heavy's almost died from it too. But well, hell, that, It's because he, he swallows. A, he, well, he, sw- he probably falls asleep with it too. I like a little bit just to just for the shit of it. I can't believe that. Well, that's another New Mexico trip. Yeah, that's, story a, that's another. That, that son of a bitch still swallows his snow. He's a gross son of a bitch. All, All right, right, so let's get back to Booker. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think I've had that happen, and it. You know, I think most people pick their nose in the car. I think that's pretty much a standard. Do you have a go-to finger, Mark? <laughs> <laughs> Probably just my my index finger. You go straight index. Yeah, I mean. Because you get more depth with that middle. <laughs> Mark all this. Did I tell you about the guy that I pulled up next to about a year ago? He was in a nice old muscle car. Strange fellow. I guarantee this was a strange guy. Because okay. he was in a, like a restored 68 Camaro. Okay. He looked like Mr. All right. He had a hat on and a Walkman. Nice. A serious Walkman headphone. So like I, with the foamy. Right, with the foam. Foam yeah, headphone and everything. Yeah. So I pull up next to him. This is in This is in a nice part of North Dallas. I don't know why he was there. Pull up next to him. He manages to super dig out a huge hunker. Straight puts it in his mouth. Straight put it in his mouth, Gus. Waste not, want not. He was green as could be. <laughs> now, I have reached... I had to pull over and take a moment. I have, you know, reached in. You think it's just going to be something small? Because oh. you can... But then... you end up shocker? Well, you pull out this thing that's like a full contoured map of your nostril. <laughs> yeah, it's like a casting. Yeah. Now... I have made the claim before that I can smell my boogers. <laughs> what? What? 
do tell. Do tell. Like there'll be times you, you can smell your booger. You smell them all up. <laughs> but it's like, oh, you mean before you take it out? Before you take it out, you can smell it. I, I don't. I, I don't. I'm not familiar with this. Well, I, I've made this claim before, and it's on air now. So. Do your own research online. Like now, I, I did see a question on here about Rocky Mountain oysters versus calf fries. I yes. think I have told the story about. I, I think we talked about this one time when Heavy R.I.P. was here about the time that we did the Wolf Dance, mm-hmm. the Wolf Dance yep. Journey. Yep, back in about two thousand. Yeah, about that. About that. Where we got so hammered, and Heavy was walking around in his palm leaf. In a palm leaf hat and shorts. Yep, and a Hawaiian shirt, if I remember right. And I was so drunk that I had to walk to the truck and take a nap, and Heavy was drunker than me. Yeah. And we, the lawman who we were with, because I rode with the lawman and his brother in that big country truck. Right, and I think Heavy was with me and future Mrs. Gustav. That's right. God bless her. Now, that was the first time she met any of y'all. Yeah, and she got... Boy, she got inoculated quick on that trip. But we, the lawman's brother, Mr. All-American, convinced us all to go to this steakhouse joint in Fort Worth that was down there at Sundance during Wolf Dance. Or is it the Stockyard? The steak joint? I thought it was at the Stockyard. Was it? Yeah. I thought I was thinking it was Sundance. I thought it was at the Stockyard. Well, I don't I, remember. One was... of us was drunk and one of us wasn't. So I, I, I'm going to defer to you. Is it the Stockyard? And he convinced us to go into this steakhouse because he was dead set on getting him some calf fries. The lawman's brother, another one that likes to eat. Hell yeah. That's where the lawman got it. Yeah. And he could out-eat the lawman any day. Well, he's a lot bigger than the lawman, too. He's everybody's All-American. Yes. He was the alpha <clears throat> of our county. <laughs> he, I, I used Maybe to, of the state. I, I used to run into him because uh, his middle son and my son were on the same basketball team. Can you imagine which of our sons has the more inherent athletic ability. Let me tell you, the lawman was as alpha as you get. All-American college football player, badass. Just a straight badass. He's still a badass. He is. He's, he'll he'll I, always be I mean, my alpha. Super, I mean, talking about Muttley laugh, snickering. Oh. Yeah. I Long mean, fuse, but you don't want to get no, to the end of it. No, Because I've seen him straight... Take another buddy of his. When we went, when I went to visit the lawman in college, because we went to different colleges, but we'd visit each other at times and party and everything. And one time, he, the lawman's brother had a cabin outside the town where the lawman and the lawman's brother both went to the same college. Mm-hmm. Lawman played baseball. Lawman's brother played football. His brother was a badass. Lawman was a badass too, but his brother was. Ultimate badass. Yeah, I mean, his brother's twice the size of him, it feels like. Well, he had a roommate out there at his cabin that was a big, bad motherfucker, too. And we all went out there and partied one night. We got... That's the time where one of the trips where we were out on a country road, and we were... A sheriff pulled up on us, and we were throwing beers out the truck, and he almost took us to jail. That's a whole other story. But the lawman's roommate was about... 6'4", 260, big-ass, badass football player, too. And I saw the lawman's brother 
pick his ass up with one hand and hold him against the wall because he was pissed off at it. You did not want to no, piss I, off the I, lawman's brother. That, that's a, that's a, a mountain of a man. I think still to this day he's probably the toughest dude I've ever run across. I would not if if I had to get in a fight in a dark alley, he would I think still be last on my list. Yeah. But cool dude, super cool super dude. Super great. Super mellow, long fuse, but if you got to the end of that fuse, you You're were fucked. fucked. Yep. But where was I going with this? Uh shit, I forgot where we were at. Lawman's brother loved to eat too, but Oh, we were calf go- fries. Calf fries. So the lawman's brother was the alpha of this whole group that we took to the wolf dance. Yep. I also ended up talking to back in the day, you remember Tara that was ninety nine five the wolf? She was a V she was a DJ back then. Vaguely. And there's a whole side story between me and her, but I'll save that for another time, maybe off air. But Lawman's brother was in charge. So what he said went. Because he was the biggest, baddest amongst the group by a long stretch. And he had a hankering for calf fries. So he wanted to go to the steakhouse and have everybody eat calf fries. Right. And so, by God, we were all going to eat calf fries. So we go down, We go sit at this table of about 10 or 12 people. You remember this? I don't think we went in there. Y'all might not have gone in. I don't think we went in. But me and the lawman and his brother and the rest of the group went into this steakhouse. And the lawman's brother, as you can imagine, sat at the head of the table, and he was running the show, and he told the waitress, bring everybody calf fries, and I want the hair still on them. (laughs) (laughs) So guess what? We all got calf fries. We ate them, and by God, we loved loved them. They are, they're a little rich for me. They weren't bad to me at the time, but I, mean, I was hammered. I mean, they're okay. I like. I would be fine with like a oh, here's your steak, and here's a couple of maybe a little side, dish. a little side. I don't want a full plate of them, and you know I know play, people have you know big. Well, I ate the shit out of them that day. Calf fries and stuff. I I, I hadn't had them since, but I wasn't going to say no to the low man. No, brother. no, no. Especially when he's wound up. I mean, that's a man of determination. He said, I want the hair still on him. And I said, okay. Yeah. Uh, I yes, think sir. I'd rather have... Um, um, Syphilis? No, I've, I've already got that from the Incas. Um, I think I'd rather have calf fries than mountain oysters. For sure. No doubt. I, if I'm going to eat nuts, I want some girth, Mark. No, it's the other way around. Mountain oysters are the girth. More than the calf fries? Yeah, because mountain oysters, I thought were... I always thought mountain oysters were full-grown. Yeah, I don't know. I've never had those, so maybe. I can tell you that these were plump. Yeah. Anyway, it's not something I... I don't think I've had them in almost I'll give you a little years. side tip. If you're going to order them... Side tit? A little side tip. Okay. Don't go medium rare. Oh, no. Oh. Go ahead and well done those bad. Yeah. That's the only meat I want well done is a nut. Now. I don't want medium rare nut. No. No. There's so much to to mark <laughs> in this episode. I've never been drunk enough to eat rare nut. <laughs> Lick them? Yes. Well, I mean, you know. 
Let's not go overboard. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our next question. Bring it. And this is from Seth, and I think this one is for you and not for me. Well, okay. I'm at, at this stage of the game and at my state I'm in, I'm willing to answer any question. And if if Bring he, it, ladies. if Heavy Longmire was an RIP, he could also answer this. Have y'all begun to notice as you get older, it's harder to sleep off a drunk compared to life in your 20s? Worst part of aging, in my opinion. Boy, there is no doubt. Back in the day, which we were just talking about this off air. I think we talked about a little bit on the previous episode. Oh, that's right. That whole, a perfect example is that whole summer where we worked a construction job and I was drunk. I was hungover drunk 90, maybe 90% of the time. You were drunk every night before work. No doubt. And I still managed to do work the next day. Yes. Sometimes. Yeah. Now, I mean, if I heard a skill saw at 6 o'clock tomorrow morning, you don't I, You don't out. want me to come over and start uh, building a, uh, start working on those cutting boards? This is not the day. Tomorrow morning is not the time for that planer I've been bitching about. I could not handle it. Back then, two hours sleep. Hungover drunk, eight or ten hours worth of construction work, no problem. Now, I'm going to need a couple hours of coffee before anybody even talks to me. A little coffee and contemplation. That's one of the biggest changes you can tell between 17 or 18 and 40-something is recovery time. Hey, ladies. Not just there. Boy, not just there. Going back to our other story. uh, Boy, you talk about a decathlete. There was a day. He won medals, ladies. <laughs> All right. This is from uh, Trophy one, Room. Uh, I don't know how to say this. B A U in Heavy New Mexico. Okay. Okay. Uh, so Bo asked I had Ken in World War II, and he crossed paths with a Nazi or two. This almost sounds like a Shell Silverstein. <laughs> Thing that would be published in Playboy in 1968. What was that song that he wrote that was the uh, sequel? Well, he wrote to Sue. He wrote boy the original Sue. Boy Named Sue. But what was the sequel he wrote? I don't was, know it, but it's awful. And that didn't. What was that song he wrote about? Fuck the kids or whatever. Well, yeah, there's that one. But he talks about like father raping and and the Boy Named Sue sequel. Yeah, we're gonna. That's dist- out on YouTube. We're gonna distance from totally that. distance from that one. Uh, but. He did write the original boy named Sue also. I will gargle some calf fries, but I draw the line there. Yeah, we're a hard stance against father raping on Can You Hear Me? I think it's wrong. It's 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 awful. We should start a hashtag. Y'all start using that hashtag father raper. Wrong, hashtag wrong. Wrong. Wrong father raper. You don't want to be on the wrong side of history on that one. All right. So he, uh, Bo had a grandfather in World War II that crossed paths with a Nazi or two and may have permanently ended some. And so much as I might have a knife that has been passed down from my grandpa to me, can I display it with pride or is displaying it in poor taste? Thoughts? It is not out now on display. All right, so I kind of zoned out about three words into that. Okay, so let me give you the too long didn't read. Bo has a Nazi dagger that his grandfather brought back from killing Nazis you remember in World the, War II. You remember the Nazi daggers we saw at the 
flea market when uh-huh. we were up there? Yep. I'm sensing a trend. All right. Yeah. In New Mexico flea market, there were Nazi daggers. We are no doubt going to have an episode titled New Mexico flea market. All right. So. Because um, we had some we had some experiences there. Yeah. If I would have had cash, so, not not Nazi memorabilia, but I would have brought back several Texas Ranger stars. Okay, so there okay. is a okay. uh, the picture of the dagger. It's a very... Uh, we need to go back to New Mexico. Nice. I, we're going to go back and see Bo again. So the dagger is... I can't believe I missed out on the drunk night. Very nice. I hadn't and slept it, in 72 hours. It had, and we packaged that because... Okay, package. You, we need to tell about how you almost murdered Heavy in his kind of sleep apnea. That's true. God. All right, so the dagger has a prominent uh, swastika Ugh. displayed upon it. Now, for the record, this podcast is anti-swastika. Well, I mean... Not not Native American. Okay, because... And, and the German swastika. Sub, subcontinent, there's plenty of swastikas yeah, in not, old India. Yeah, we're... Nouveau swastika... We're anti. I'm going to go on record that we're anti-Nazi. No doubt. No doubt. I feel confident we're anti-Nazi. I think we can, you know... Nazis suck. They were not nice. Episode title, Nazis suck? We still might get on Storm... Then we might really get Stormfront's attention. Yeah, that's true. Now, I own one... Distance. German... Distance... Artillery? Rifle from World War Two. Okay. Have I shot this? No. Okay. But you can if you want to. It's Tonight? a... Uh, I didn't bring it with me, but I'll go get it and come back. Okay. And we can shoot okay. it off in your subdivision. <laughs> you think an HOA would like that? <laughs> a little 8 millimeter Mauser <laughs> cannon going off. Uh, it has multiple Nazi markings on it. I don't display it. Mm-hmm. Did it's you not, ever? Did you ever watch that? It's not on the mantle. It's not on the mantle, but it is part of my collection of guns of World War II. <laughs> the Navarone, <laughs> electric boogaloo, <laughs> guns, guns, guns of War of II. WW2 electric boogaloo. <laughs> That's the name of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Problem with displaying oh, shit. anything that's got swastikas on it. Mark. <laughs> <laughs> is Woo. I'm listening. Is without other things from the same era. Uh, sure. You've just got a piece of Nazi <laughs> memorabilia. You're right. You don't really want to. So if you Wade had into those waters alone, if you want to get maybe a World War II era U.S. bayonet and maybe a uh, Russian bayonet, It'll balance it out. Yeah, kind of have like a, a motif going where this is the thing of World War II. I know you were on vacation when I sent you the link to the Irish. Priest, I'm always on vacation. Priest comedy, Father Ted. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know if you watched that I one. I have not yet. But there's an episode of that uh, series where the priest runs into another priest that has an extensive World War II collection. Right. Which just happens to be 
all Nazi memorabilia. It's bad look. Bad luck. Hilarity ensues. So it's a very nice piece of history, especially knowing that your grandfather at least took it from somebody, if not actually forcibly took it. But I'm I, against priests with Nazi memorabilia. I think that's a good stance, especially Irish priests. It's a bad look. But as far as Bo displaying it, I would tell Miss McGee to put it back into the vault. And uh, since she took that picture you sent, and until you collect some other World War II stuff, maybe just kind of keep that hidden. I already miss Bo. I miss Bo. He's a great dude. He is. He may be a serial killer for all we know, but he treated us with respect and dignity and filled heavy with enough alcohol to float a battleship. I also feel like I missed out on Mrs. Bo. Uh, Miss Tits McGee is, is something else. I This will be for the, uh, the episode. I, well, actually, <laughs> <laughs> I think I feel like she would have liked me. She would have loved you in a purely platonic way. Bo. Totally platonic, but Bo might have watched. I don't know. But no, she was very cool. Uh, we we had a good time with Bo, and someday we'll go back to New Mexico for sure. Let's go now. Right now, okay. We can be there by what tomorrow. Let's go. Let's go catch a greyhound in New Mexico. You know what? I'm still intrigued. By the idea of us taking a Greyhound somewhere. We got to roll tape. Roll tape. And whoever's the, if we all three go, the third man is whoever's, you know, if like you and I sit next to each other, we're safe. Yeah. But if Heavy has to sit with somebody else. Well, if we go, then there's no doubt that Heavy's got to be the third man because he's the one that can tolerate yeah. and would enjoy socializing with others. Yes, because we would. We've got no interest in no. that. I'll throw my earbuds in and just wake me when we're there. Yeah. Okay, did we have anything else going on? I see something from Valley Butcher. Oh, he has a, uh, he's chiming in on the, uh, the Nazism. <laughs> Based on my avatar, it should come as no surprise that I think a knife that may have killed a Nazi should be given a place of reverence in the home. Perhaps tastefully displayed on the Lazy Susan so your dinner guests can easily admire it from all angles. Man, and that's what? because he has a, uh avatar of uh, Brad Pitt and Inglorious Bastards. I've still never seen that. It's, Good? It's interesting. It has some interest it had, like it it has some really good parts, but then it gets it's the weirdest of the Tarantino movies to me. I'm about to tweet this, but I'm also wondering whatever happened to the Lazy Susan? I think we've talked about that before. I'm almost sure that the that Lazy was a big Susan player was a in our big childhood. player in our childhood tables. Yeah. Is that a me too thing? <laughs> There's going to be like three minutes of this episode we can say. No, this is going on almost entirely intact. Do you want me to tell the Lake Road story? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sitting here trying to think if I could, you know, make a sexual Lazy Susan. <laughs> you probably should just pull the reins back on that a little bit. And how would you use it? 
Like, is that like some eyes wide shut scenario? But, I mean, it was so fascinating and functional back in the day. And yet, where has that gone? Yeah. Where have you gone, Lazy Susan? Call me. Wasn't that a uh, Don McLean song <laughs> on the B side of American Pie? <laughs> I think when Don Felder released a solo album, he may have approached the Lazy Susan. Don Felder. Don Felder underrated. Totally underrated. I mean, Joe Walsh got all the pub for the Eagles, but Don Felder, he was fucking good back in the day. Did Don Felder do some tracks, some solo tracks on uh, the heavy metal soundtrack? Yeah. He was, I think he did most of that I think, soundtrack. yeah, like a lot of yeah. it. Yeah. It had a, it had a, it was it's a good soundtrack. It's a, I love that movie because I'm a geek. Well, and he, you know, he got crossways with Glenn and Don, and that pretty much cut him out of the whole situation. And he, I think he ended up suing them and yeah, all that there shit. Was a, but there was a lawsuit. He played a significant role in the Eagles. <laughs> well, you know my stance on the Eagles. I'm not a big fan. Yeah, but I mean, I I appreciate they them. they as much as anybody got fucked over by overplay. Yeah, yes, absolutely. But some of their deep cuts are still well, pretty fantastic. You know, I, I I absolutely love speaking of deep cuts. There's no, there's nothing wrong with those shoes. I like structurally those shoes, but I could. Do with it if it was about 35 seconds long. Yeah. Well, that's a lot of their stuff. um, But I love, absolutely love, love, love Saturday night uh, or whatever happened to Saturday night off, I think that was off Desperado. But that's a very kind of folk country song. Their early stuff was a lot different. Um, But yeah, they're a total victim of overplay. Oh. I think probably the poster child, probably. I, yeah, I think they're probably number one for overplay problems. And you know, classic rock, which is funny because classic rock now encapsulates what we listened to that was new when we were young, which makes me feel old. Yeah, like Huey Lewis is classic rock right. now. But man, classic rock is really some of the worst radio ever because they only play. They don't play the deep cuts. Right. And yeah, they will it's play just all hits. All hits. And then you turn out to where you hate those hits. Yeah, like I don't want to hear Smoke on the Water again. Oh, no. Nah, yeah. I don't want to hear any Foreigner ever again. And hey, guess what, people? Bad Company had more than just three songs. Boy, that's the truth. That's, that's a band that's totally ruined by classic rock. Paul Rogers, so good. I wanted to have his voice so uh, bad. He's great pipes. oh man did we get anything else i don't know but i gotta take a leak maybe maybe when you have some friends over Bo, get out the nazi dagger and use it on a cheese board you know tastefully done tastefully done tastefully maybe when you're one of the at one of those swank parties just pull it out and you know he he is a, a oh he's a jet setter yeah he's Mr. Look at me. I like to think of him as the Truman Capote of our time. I don't think that's exactly correct. Well, maybe Truman Capote meets Grizzly Adams. He's a big old boy. Well, 
but he's now, got the imagine, he's got the he's got the, he's got the new World wild spirit. Imagine like. if it, we had Bo in his current physical form, but he had Truman Capote's voice. That would drive me insane. <laughs> All right. Email us your thoughts on how to display your Nazi daggers. Please don't beat us up, Bo. I know. He, he loves us. He could kill all three of us he with one hand. He could kill us in like one swipe like yeah, a bear. He could swipe one of those mitts at us and kill us all. Don't kill us, Bo. We don't, love don't you. kill us. And... Um, I guess we'll talk to you later. Adios. Bye. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar made a little bet with his good friend Larry Bird. I'll tell you what, I bet you can't eat just one. One Lay's potato chip. One for Kareem failed to mention that these were new Lay's potato chips. It's a real bet. And if you lose, then I win the bet. <laughs> Crunchier Lay's potato chips with more potato taste. Uh-huh. So they're more irresistible than ever. Just, just one. I don't believe you did this to me. Oh, no, it's you, man. It's you. New Lay's potato chips, now more than ever, too good to eat just one. Party people in the place. This is what you've all been waiting to see. Electric Boogaloo, the ultimate show. We tell ozone and turbo. Electric Boogaloo is breakdance too. Yes, ooh. Hi. Electric Boogaloo's action dance, the best you'll get. If you like breakdance when you ain't seen nothing yet. I'll finish you, your friends, and your whole damn neighborhood. This time there is an enemy, so they must unite. Because to say what you believe in, sometimes you must fight. You lost your edge. Try me. Electric Boogaloo's the greatest, nothing can compete. And once you've seen this movie, you'll believe in the beast. Championship Wrestling. I'm Bill Mercer with Jay Salley. Good night from Dallas, Texas.